Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Loi Hoyu Yamim Toivim Li Yisrael. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Wednesday, the 15th day of the month of Av, in the year Tafshin Lamed Hay, 47 years ago, and the Rebbe went on to certify and edit this Chassidic discourse in honor of Tubal, the 15th day of the month of Av, in the year Tafshin Memtes, 33 years ago. So the Mishnah, in the Talmud, it says as follows, Loi hoyu yomim toivim li Yisrael, kechamisha aser ba'av ochayoyim akipurim. That there were no holidays to the Jewish people on the level of the 15th day of the month of Av and Yom Kippur. The Talmud says, one second, Yom Kippur, we all know, that's a huge holiday. Why? Because Hashem forgives us. And also, we receive the, we receive the second commandments. So now we see why Yom Kippur is so powerful. Forgiveness, second commandments, that's high up there. But what's so special about the 15th day of the month of Av? And the Talmud says, because there were a lot of good things that happened. And one of the examples they give is that it was the, the day that the, the tribes were allowed to remarry one another from different tribes. So that's what the Talmud says. Jeremiah says, one second. Okay, so the Talmud lists of several things that were so special about Tubav. But the Rebbe says, what's so special about these ideas? And they're, yes, there are great things that happen on Tubav. No one's questioning it. But that's why you're going to say um, the day of Tubav is bigger than all the other holidays? Yes, a lot of wonderful things happen. But why is that greater than all the other holidays? And especially when it says clearly there were no holidays to the Jewish people like the 15th of Av. And what you're saying is... We, we know we have other holidays. Rosh Hashanah, um, uh, Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot, which are biblical holidays. And you're saying the 15th of Av is bigger than, the, than the, the three festivals? Also, another thing we have to understand, Rebbe says, it says that there was no holidays like the 15th day of the month of Av and Yom Kippur. Obviously, there's something they both have in common. And the question is, what do they both have in common that the, that, that the Talmud's connecting it to, the Mishnah's connecting it to? Another question of asked is, this teaching is where it's at the end of the tractate of Titus, which talks about fasting. Now the fact is, if you think about fasting and holidays, and especially a huge holiday, like there was no holiday at Tubov, is the opposite of a fast. Fast is a day for fasting, self-introspection, a holiday is a holiday. So how do the two go together? So Robert explains and he says like this, what is the main idea of Tubov? What's the, what's the significance of the holiday of Tubov? So he brings down, well, it's explained at length in the, in the, in the, uh, the whole idea of the 15th of Av and the Chassidic discourse from the, from the Rebbe Rashab. And the Rebbe Rashab brings from the pre Chaim from the Zohar. It says like this, you know what's so special about the 15th day of the month of Av? Because the 15th day of the month of Av, the moon is in its complete, complete state. So in other words, what the Zohar is saying is, you know what's powerful about Tubov? That on Tuba of the moon is fullest. Now, and the Zohar says, because because the fifteenth day of the month of Av, the, the moon is the fullest, that's the powerful energy. That's why tremendous, beautiful things happen on that day. Not that the good things happen and it's also Tuba of. No, Tuba of is the main part. The fact that the moon is as fullest, and because of that, all the beautiful things happen on that day. Now, so that's what the, the Rebbe Hashem brings to the Zohar. And he explains over there as follows. One second. What are you saying? You're saying it's the 15th day of the month. Ah, the, moon, the moon is the fullest. And that's why all the great things happened. But the fact is, the 15th happens every month. Not only the month of Av. <clears throat> so if that's the case, every 15th is a big holiday. Why are you saying there was no holiday like the 15th of Av? It should go every single month. But nevertheless, it says only a 15th. So the truth is, again... The, re- the power of the holidays because it's the 15th. It's, 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 at, its, at, its, at its fullest. But what's the difference from that and all the other months? Very simple, there explains. Because all the other months, yeah, you have the 15th. But you know what happens in the month of Av? Before the 15th, you had the 9th. And the 9th of Av, we know we had destruction of two temples. And that's obviously a, a tremendous, Kabbalah is called the Yerida. That's a, a tremendous downslope.
So what happens is when you have the 15th, which is basically the completion of the moon, which represents completion that comes after, unfortunately, the lacking that took place in the destruction of the two temples on the ninth of Av, now that's, that's, that's a huge thing. In other words, like it never explains, there's a rule when, when, when you deal with, and I'll say in Hebrew, I'll translate aliyot, going up, and yiridot, going down, the highs and lows of life. In other words, so the Rebbe explains that any time you have a, a high in life that comes after a tremendous descent <clears throat> is much greater, is much greater. In other words, you have par and you have a high. Okay, so you went up a little higher. What happens if you have a descent and then you have an ascent? So you're not going back to par, you're going up to much higher. So after a descent, the ascent is much higher. And a, a step further and deeper, the more the descent, the more the up, uptick is much higher afterwards. Therefore, so based on this, it explains very simple. That's why the tremendous quality that takes place in the completion on the 15th is specifically in the 15th of Av. Why? Because in the month above, the downgrade, the descent of the, of the moon, and we know what are we referring, not only the physical moon, but the Jewish people, we know we are, that's what we're connected to. Our life is around the moon. The Jewish calendar is based on the moon. We compare it to the moon. So in the fifth, in the month of Av, our descent was huge. So therefore, we have the ascent when the moon is in a complete state on the 15th, after Tishabov, obviously you reach a, a, a great place. Now, and that's what it means when we say there was no holidays like the Jewish people like the 15th day of the month of Av. Why? Because the 15th of Av is much greater even than the holidays of Pesach and Sukkot, which are also on the 15th. Now, the fact is the Pesach is on the 15th, Sukkot is on the 15th. So why is the 15th of Av greater than Pesach and Sukkot? Because what happened on, on Pesach? Pesach, we went out of Egypt. So one second. So seemingly, you also had a descent. We were de- we were in Egypt when we came out of Egypt. So even though it's coming after the descent of going into Egypt, and now we're coming out, but the fact is, Rebbe says, when the Jewish people left Egypt, they were elevated from bondage, and they went to the level of tzaddikim. When the Jewish people left Egypt, and God took them out, they became tzaddikim, righteous people. And we know, for example, the Jewish people when they left Egypt, they were, they, were, they, were, they were in the status of a convert. And we know there's a rule that Gershon is Geyer, a convert that converts, is like a newborn person. So therefore, since when they left Egypt, they were tzaddikim. They were, new, they were t- t- n- newly reborn again. So when it comes to the 15th, what's the Yerida? Yes, there was a Yerida, they were in Egypt. But when they left, the minute they left, they were elevated to Hatzadik. So there's no Yerid. It's different. The 15th of, of, of Nisan is not as high as the 15th of Av because Av had the Yerid beforehand. The same thing also, Rebbe says, the 15th day of the month of Tishrei, which is the holiday of Sukkot. Now, even though you're going to say, what do you mean? The holiday Sukkot comes after what? After the repentance and atonement of Yom Kippur. But the fact is, Rebbe says, when we atoned, on Yom Kippur, we were atoned. On the 10th day of the month of Tishrei, we were atoned. Now, when is it revealed to us? So then we start celebrating on Sukkot. But the atonement already took place in Yom Kippur. However, the elevation that, took, that takes place after the downgrade of the month of Av, on the, on the ninth of Av, when is, when, is, when is the actual upgrade? The upgrade takes place on the 15th. And that's why the holiday of the Adar, uh, the holiday of, of the 15th of Av, which is in the month of Av, is much greater than all the 15th of the months, and even greater than the holiday of Pesach, because already they were, were considered Sadiqim, and even greater than the holiday of Sukkot, because already we were forgiven on, on, on Yom Kippur. Okay, so based on this, we have a real clear, clear explanation what's the power of the month of, of, of Tubav. The month of Av, we know we had the Arida, the descent on Tishabav. We had the Aliyah on Tubav. And that's why it's, not the, it's the, most power, the most powerful holiday. And again, more than any other 15th of the month of any other month, because you don't have the descent. And even Pesach and, 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 and Sukkot, we don't have the, 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 we, even though we had the descent, we already had the elevation before the 15th. So the 15th already is not, it's not taking up a huge notch. Okay. So now there is one second. We have to understand like this. The fact is as follows. 
the holiday of Pesach and Sukkot and Shavuot as well, it's biblical. The Torah tells us to celebrate those three holidays. So how could it possibly be that the holiday of the 15th of Av is going to be greater than the three festivals that are, de- that are uh, commanded in the Torah? That's question number one. Also, there asked another question. What are we saying? There was no greater holidays for the Jewish people like the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. And what, what are you listing first? You're actually listing the 15th of Av before Yom Kippur. And the fact is, the 15th of Av chronologically come, comes after the holiday of Yom Kippur. But when, you, when you're putting the 15th of Av before Yom Kippur, so what does that mean? That the 15th of Av is not only higher than all the three festivals, it's even higher than Yom Kippur. But the question is, what well, simple question. On Yom Kippur, Hashem atone, we, we, are, we are atoned for our sins. So why is it that the 15th of Av is higher than Yom Kippur? Two questions. One is again, why is the 15th of Av higher than all the festivals, and why is it higher than Yom Kippur? Shabbat says we're going to understand this based on what is what, explained in the Chizuk from the Rebbe Hashab, based on a verse in the Prophets. So the Prophets says like this, Yisroin Eretz Bakoili, the upgrade of land is in Bakoil and everything, and we're soon going to learn what it means Kabbalistically. Melech, the king, will summon Nebad to work the field. Okay, that's the verse. Well, now we're going to dissect the verse according to Kabbalah. What does, it, what does it mean? So when the verse says Eretz, what does Eretz mean? Land? Yeah, physically it means land. But what does it mean spiritually? Eretz, which is translated literally as land, is referring to the whole land. What's the whole land? Literally the whole world. Eretz, the whole world. We know it's Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, but that's Eretz Yisrael. But Eretz in general is the whole world. Okay. So Eretz is referring to what? Land. The whole world. Sada, what is Sada referring to? A nice field. What's a field? A choicest part of the land. You can have desert, you can have sand, but then you have a Sada, a beautiful field. What is that referring to spiritually? Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden, the Garden. Okay, so let's be clear. We have Eretz, which is the whole land all over the world, and then you have Sada, which is referring to the Garden of Eden. Okay, two different things. Now, the difference between the general world, which is which is which is referred to by the word Eretz, and Garden of Eden, which is referred to by the word Sada. You know, the whole world is again called Eretz, and the and the and the uh, the Sada is referring to Gan Eden, is not only on a on a superficial level, but it's actually in its source. In its source, it's that way. In other words, and we're going to go to now in a Kabbalistic journey. So hold tight and pay pay attention, and let's get into it. You ever explain it like this? The creation of the world, we're going to the source now, of the whole world and the Garden of Eden. The creation of the world, the whole world, has the creation come about. The creation comes about from Malchus, which is the last Sphero. We know you have ten Spheroes, Chabad, Chagas, Nahim, the last one's Malchus. But what part of Malchus? It actually comes from Dibur of Malchus. In the sphere of Malchus, it comes from the lower part of Malchus, Dibur speech. In Kabbalah, it's called Chitsonius of Malchus. So Eretz, which is the whole world, is cut, the source is from Malchus, the external part of Malchus, which is called Dibur. On the other hand, the Garden of Eden, where, is that, where, where, is, where, is, where does that get its life force? So that, that, that it's explained in Kabbalah, it comes from the three first spheres, but of Malchus. Again, we know every sphere is intertwined. So you have, in Malchus, you have all ten in Malchus. Chachman bin Adas, Chesed Gurit Peres, you said Malchus. So the world in general is created, yeah, from Malchus. What part of Malchus? The part, the, 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 the lowest part of Malchus. Deeper speech. Malchus of Malchus. On the other hand, Garden of Eden, where is it getting its energy from? It's getting it from the higher part of Malchus. Chachman bin Adas. And that's called Pneumius of Malchus. They're both Malchus, that's coming from the eternal part of Malchus. And that's called a field, like the like the Rebbe Shav explains at length in the Chassidic discourse. Now, the component of Dibur of Malchus, which we already know is Chitzonius of Malchus, which creates the source of life force for the whole world. So we all know when Hashem created the world, everyone knows what does it say? Basara, we learned it in Pirkei Avos. Basara Mamoris never Eilam. Hashem used Maimoris Dibur to create the world. So you see that the, the, the world comes from Malchus and Dibur. 
And the purpose of, of the Dibur of Malchus is to create and maintain the world. Just like, for example, when you speak, if you had nobody around, you wouldn't speak. The purpose of speaking is to, to share to someone else. The same thing also, Dibur of Malchus, the purpose is to create and maintain the world. Malchus doesn't need Dibur, it needs it to create. Okay, now, the first three levels in Malchus itself, which says what is referring to previous Malchus. So again, remember, we, we, let's say we're in the sphere of Malchus in the higher top, in the first three, Chachon Bin Adas. Now, that's called previous Malchus. Where does Premius Malchus get its energy from? What's the focus? It gets it from the you, sphere on top of Malchus. What's the sphere on top of Malchus? You saw it. Now, all these spheres we're talking about in the world of Atsilas, which is the end of the world of Atsilas. In Kabbalah, it's called the Siyuma, the Gufa, the, body, the, the end of the body, because then it goes on to Malchus. Just like the emotions that we have. You know, even though emotions, we share our emotions, how we feel, but the fact is, Emotions are really for self. You might share your but emotions are you. So in other words, what we're explaining is like this. Before we go further, because it's going to get a little more deeper and more uh, um, sophisticated. You have Eretz, the whole world, and you have Ganadin. Eretz gets its energy from Malchus, but which part of Malchus? Kitsonius from Malchus, which is deeper of Malchus. Which his whole purpose is to create Eretz. Ganadin already gets it from the first three levels of Malchus, and that first three levels gets it from Yesoit. Okay, and he continues on to explain like this. There's another upgrade, so to speak, in Garden of Eden over the whole world. Why? Because again, till now we learned what's the upgrade is that um, Malch- that the world gets from Deber of Malchus, Chitonius of Malchus, Ganadin gets it from the Premius of Malchus, which is connected to Yesoit. And now that we go a step further, that the energy that's used to create the world, which is Deber of Malchus, comes from where? It comes from the Midas, from the emotions. Because the Deber, the speech of Malchus, receives from the emotions, from the Midas. On the other hand, the energy of Ganadin, which we said comes from the first three of Malchus, which comes from Yesod, actually draws in from the from, from Moichin, from the intellect. Chacham bin Adas. So, Again, just recap before we go further, because we're going to build on this. So what he's adding now is that Malchus, that the, the world, Eretz, the Oilam, gets from where? From Deber of Malchus, which gets from the Midas. Ganadin gets from the first three of Malchus, which gets from Yesod, which gets from the Moichen, from intellect. Now, what's the connection? And he says beautifully, he says like this. What we learn? Um, Yesod, the Mida of Yesod is actually called Koil, Chaflamet. The meat of Yesod is called Koil. Why is that? Because Koil numerically is made up of two letters. Chaf is 20 and Laman is 30. So it's a total of 50. So um, Yesod is called Koil. Why? Because Koil is numerically 50, which is corresponding to the 50 gates of intellect that come into Yesod. And <clears throat> now, since the Garden of Eden comes from where? From Premius of Malchus, the, high, the three high levels of the Malchus, which comes from Yesoid, which comes from, which comes from intellect. So through Yesoid, Moichin, intellect goes into, into the first three of Malchus, which, which goes into the Garden of Eden, which is a beautiful idea. Now, so basically the Shabbat explains the verse as follows. Yisroin Oretz Bakoyli Melech Nevad, in other words, the upgrade of Eretz. Because Eretz, we know, is referring to the whole world. And the whole world gets somewhere from Dibra of Malchus. That's where it comes from. But what's the upgrade, Yisrain, the upgrade of Eretz? Is Bakoil, when it receives from Bakoil, which is Yisoid, and through that you bring in Moichin, intellect, and then you bring in the revelation of God into the whole world, just like a Singanadin. That's the beauty of the verse. Yisroin Oretz Bakoili. Eretz is referring to what the whole world, which normally only gets from Deber of Malchus. Yisroin, the upgrade is that it gets from Yesoid, which gets from Moichin, and it brings in that powerful energy into the world. Just like in Ganin. 
That's the first half. The second half of the verse, Umelach Nevad, and like so the Zoyer says as follows. Man, what is a king? Man Melech, the Zoya asks. And he says, Don't Malachi law. It's the not just king, it's the high king. And this high king connects to Sada to the field. When does it connect? When it's worked. When you work the field, then the high king comes into the world. That's what the Zoya says. What does that mean practically? He explains. When we do our work in the Garden of Eden, Sada Nevad, when we do the work in the Garden of Eden, then we draw in Melach. We drew, what's Melech? The crown. What crown? The high, the high, the, uh, the, the sphere on high, of, which, is, which is really above the Shtalshlis. Now, <clears throat> so now, so we have it like this. Beautiful. In Aretz, normally it comes from where? Deeper of Malchus. The upgrade is that it comes from Yosai, but it comes from Moichen. In Ganeden, we learned, comes from um, Yosai, from Moichen. But when we do the work in the in, in, in Garden of Eden, then we actually draw in Kesha. And he explains like this in the Chesedic Discourse. So when in Malchus you draw in from Kesha, which is above Ishtashalos, and this is beautiful. So now you're taking in, in, in you're drawing in, you, you reach, by, by doing the work, doing the work, you're drawing in from, from Melech, from Kesha, that's Kaima Siyarbishlamusa. That's when the full the moon reaches its fullest. Why? Because you're drawing in Kesa, you're drawing in the crown. And that's and then when the when the moon is fullest, that represents the idea of the count, full, full, full revelation. And this full revelation that takes place uh, through the fact that you're drawing from the Kesar, and it comes into the it, 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 it comes into the world. So then what happens is the light that comes in doesn't only go into Pneumius Amalchus, but it also shines up Chitzonius Amalchus, which is, we, we learned before, which is Dibur, the speech of Malchus, which is a ten utterance that Hashem used to create the world. And through that, it actually comes into the world. So ultimately, when you bring in Kesser, by doing the work, in Ganeiden, you bring in Kesser, it actually not only brings it into Ganeiden, but it actually spills over into the, into the world itself into the world through Malchus, uh, through Deber of Malchus, in other words. I never explained it this. Kesser has the power to do it. However, if you don't reach Kesser, and you're just dealing with drawing down, in, in Kabbalah it's called Seder Ishtashlos, from one level to the next. So then, if you're dealing with levels, so there's a difference. When you're dealing with levels, it depends, how you, it depends what your paradigm is. If your paradigm is we're reaching Kesser above, above nature, boom, it can come in and totally bring in energy all over the world. But if you're organized and disciplined on different levels, so when you're dealing with Ishtalshlus, what do you mean? There's, there's internal part of Malchus, which is, which is referring to the idea of Sada. There's the Chitsonius of Malchus, which is the, which is the, wor- the world. So therefore, when you're drawing in only from Moichin, in other words, let's say the Sada, it gets, from, uh, it gets in from, from Yusoid, which gets from intellect. So when you're drawing in from intellect, so it only, it only, draw, it only brings in onto the level of Malchus, which we see from Zah, which is premius of Malchus. However, in the lower level of Malchus, which is the source of the creation of the world, it doesn't come in there. So it, as long as you don't do the the Melech Basal and Neva, you don't do the work and the, the work that brings in Kesser, you're only gonna draw in Moichin Weir into 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 into, into, into Malchus, which gives its energy to Ganadin and, and will not come into the physical world. Just like for example, if you look at the moon when it's not full. So what happens is the, the light of the sun, which is coming in through the moon, it only lights up the, the um, uh, um it only, it only lights up in the, in the higher part of it. It doesn't light up it fully. It's, it's, you, know, you only have the, the top part lit up, not the bottom part lit up. On the other hand, when you bring in from Kesser, which is above Ishtashlus, then you're able to light up all the ten utterances and through that into the whole world. Just like what happens on the, on the 15th of the month when the, when the moon is at its fullest. And what happens then is the light of the sun lights light brightens up not only what you normally see throughout the month the top part of the moon but literally even the bottom part of the moon gets totally lit up now service says one second we have to understand we all we, we uh, what's the whole idea 
that the, the moon gets smaller throughout the month. Why can't the moon be full a whole month? So the answer is, the reason why the moon is, was diminished so that you should have the creation of the world. <clears throat> so therefore you have to have the moon should be diminished. What is the Yireach, the moon representing the sphere? It represents the sphere of Malchus. Because if you have Malchus totally at full, full-blown full energy, how are you going to create the next world? So Malchus' process is to create a Tzimtzum. The same thing also, um, that's why the, the moon was diminished, so so we can have the world, and which is represented by Malchus, so you also have a diminishing in the world. Now, and like we see clearly, it says in the Prophets, when it talks about Hashem creating the world, it says, At, Aleph, Tav, Asis, Asis, Shemayim, created the heaven. It doesn't say, At, or you. It doesn't have the hay. Why? It's missing a hay. And the answer is yes, it's missing the hay, because that's the symptom. You need the symptom, you need the contraction, so you can be able to create the world. Because if you had the infinite light of Atsilas in Malchus, how are you going to create the next world? So there had to be a symptom that the light of Atsilas is not shining in, 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 in Malchus. Now, <clears throat> but nevertheless, what we just learned, that in the Garden of Eden, what's shining in the Garden? Coil, everything. In other words, what's in the Garden of Eden? And it was the top part of, uh, the Garden of Eden is coming from the higher part of Malchus, which is coming from Yesod, which is coming from from, from, from Moichin. So there is, there, is no, there is no contraction. We just learned, in order to create the world, you have to have a contraction of light, what we just learned before, that in Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden, which is down here, it gets from the higher part of Malchus, it gets from Yesod, it gets from Chachma. So what is it, what, where's the symptom here? And I can explain, like explains in the Hasidic Discourse, the reason why Gan Eden is called Koil, because it has everything, it has Koil, it has everything, there's nothing that's lacking in the Garden of Eden. So therefore, <clears throat> based on that, what comes out very simple, that in the Garden of Eden, the moon, which is represented by the of Malchus, is complete. On the other hand, in the Chassidic discourse, he says clearly that the idea of Kaima Sirus that the completion of the moon is only specifically on the higher level of the, uh, when it's Melech Lasad and Nevad. In other words, through the, uh, the spiritual work of bringing in Kesser, the higher level above Ishlas, that's how, you, that's how you're going to have it complete. Okay. So in other words, very simple. The question is like this. On one hand, we know clearly, in order to have the world, you have to have the contraction. On the other hand, we see that everything is there complete. And if everything is complete, how do, you ha- how do you have the creation of the world? And then on the other hand, we also learned that when is it complete? Only when you have Kesser in there. If you have just from your side and Chachma, it's not going to be complete. So Jarvis says we're going to explain it as follows. And he says like this. And this is where there's like, you know, Kabbalah is always different levels. And I'm explaining like this. The true emes, emes is true. They, you know, there's, there's certain terms that's a borrowed term and there's a true term. And everything like this. The true term and the true concept and the true impact of kaima siharu bashlamusa, that means that the moon is at its fullest, that malchus is at its fullest. When we say something it's complete, it means it's complete that it's not possible even to, to should be diminished. Because you have something which is complete, but it's possible to be broken. That's not complete. It's technically complete, but it's not real completion, because it could be broken. Well, how's it complete? Kaima Siharvash Musa on the highest level is that it's complete, and it's not possible not to be complete. That's the highest level. This completion where it's complete, and it's not possible not to be complete... That only can happen when you're drawing an energy which is above limits of the world. And you're drawing an energy that's not possible to have a symptom in it. Because if you can have a symptom, if it's possible to have a symptom, even though it's not, but if it's possible, it's not complete. In other words, any light, any energy, which has some kind of relationship with the world, even if it's a light before the symptom, but it, but it, but afterwards it's gonna, there's going to be a symptom in that light. <clears throat> so therefore, it has some kind of level with symptom. So therefore, that when you draw in the energy of coil, 
which we say is in Yesoid from Moichin into the Garden of Eden, even though, yes, it's a full, full-blown drawing in energy. It has everything. Coil means it has everything. And like we said, coil means that there's, there's nothing that's lacking. It has Yesoid, it has Yesoid that comes straight from Moichin. But nevertheless, since the light that's coming in is, is, is finite, it's intellect. And in the intellect, you could have a contraction. You could have a concealment. That's not real completion. So there's real completion, which is when you draw in the light, which is not possible to have, a, have any contraction. And then there's a completion, like in the Garden of Eden, which complete. But since it could be a contraction, it's not, it's not considered complete. What's the real, the true? How do we make that happen? Because that's real, that's huge. That's the goal. In order to bring in the light, which is connected to Kaima Sirish Lush, where it's not possible to have any contraction, and this is huge, and this is very powerful and very inspiring, that's when we do our spiritual work of what? Of learning Torah, like we're doing right now, and doing mitzvot. Because when a person learns Torah, and a person does mitzvot, you draw in the infinite light of Hashem. But what infinite? Not an infinite where you're able to create a concealment, potentially. But an infinite light which is much higher in the world, and it's not possible to create a symptom. And that's what's called melach, l'sodah nevat. When we are in the field, and we do the work, what work? Learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. Then we draw in melach. Then we draw in the king, kesser above nature. And above nature to the point where it's not possible to have a symptom. That's the, that's the way to bring in the most powerful light into the world. The, the Rebbe Hashem continues on to explain himself like this. That there's another verse in the Torah. When Yitzchuk blessed Yaakov, so he said, he says to him, Besada, in the field, Asher Berchay Hashem, that Hashem blessed him. So, <clears throat> what is the field? In the field that Hashem blessed him. So there's two, there's two, there's two, there's two uh, in, uh, translations. One, you have the translation of Rashi, that says referring to the Ganadin, the Garden of Eden. The second translation of the Targum, uh, the Targum, that says it's referring to the base of Mikdosh. So the field that Hashem blessed, either it's Garden of Eden, like have we been learning till now, or and or the base of Mikdosh. And like Rebbe says, it's explained many many places that the base of Mikdosh is like the Garden of Eden. So it's not a contradiction. There's two translations of what I mean the field. One is Garden of Eden, one is the base of Mikdash. It says that the, that, that the, the Garden of Eden and the base of Mikdash are, are, are in common. But back to, but here's, what, here's the point I was bringing out. So just like in the Garden of Eden, we learned there's two different levels. There's the Garden of Eden on its own, which we said the Garden of Eden gets the energy from Yesoid, which gets it from Moichin, but then with us, it could be potentially a concealment there. And then the way the Garden of Eden gets its energy when we learn Torah and do mitzvahs, now we get it strictly from Kassar, above Ashtal Shalos, and that's real Kaima Sarah Musa. So just like in the Garden of Eden, there's two levels. There's the energy on its own, and the adding the energy through learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, the same thing applies to the Beis Mikdash because they're both connected. In other words, you have the revelation of the Beis Mikdash on its own. The Beis Mikdash, a holy place, gets from uh, Yesoid, from Moichin, etc., but then you have the avoidah, the work in the base of Mikdash. What's the work in the base of Mikdash? Bringing the sacrifices. And over there, there's a much higher light that comes in. Now, based on what we learned in the Chassidic Discourse, that that the moon is at its fullest, Malchus at its fullest, where is that mainly? That is when we do Melech L'Sada Nevat, that when we do the work of Torah and Mitzvah, the same thing also says applies to the base of Mikdash. That the Kaima Siyarabishlamusa, the moon is at its fullest, which was in the ta- which was so you have it on the way it's in the base of Mikdash on its own. In other words, for example, the place of the base of Mikdash. Like the Talmud says, there's no there's, it's not it's not a place of, of anything other than holiness. And the same thing also the, the time of the base of Mikdash, because we know who built the base of Mikdash, K- King Solomon, and which is very interesting, he was the fifteenth generation of Avramavinu. So you see, it was it, generation-wise, it was a fifteen kindness both in the place and both in the time, and that's like comparable to the revelation of, um, uh, the, of, of like it's in the Garden of Eden on its own, the base of English on its own. But the main kindness the main power of where 
or bringing in a bovish falshlus that took place in the base of Megdosh, that's by doing the spiritual work in the base of Megdosh. Carbonos. And through that, you're able to bring in a powerful light which is above nature and above all the levels. Melech, Lasada, Neba, the whole higher and, and, and huge level. Now, based on the Shabbat explains as follows. The revelation that took place in the base of Megdosh on its own, so that was only took place when the times of the temple. We don't have the temple, unfortunately, so we don't have that revelation. And like it's explained um, in the Chassidic Discourse, that the difference between the times of the base of Migdash to unfortunately the times of Gullus that we're in is like the difference between the Chatsi Kadra Elyon, the top part of the moon um, uh, of, which is shining and unfortunately the, ta- the, the bottom part of the moon where it's not shining so the base of Migdash is compared to the top part where it's shining and Gullus is compared to the bottom part where it's not shining now, but the fact is the revelation that took place in the base of Megdash on its own, without the Avoida. What type of what type of revelation is it? Yusoid, Chachma. So it's a limited revelation. And in other words, it only shines in to Malchus, the higher part of Malchus which receives from Zah, which is the the higher part of the of the moon. And that only happened in times of the base of Megdash. But on the other hand, the light that was added in the base of Migdash through doing our spiritual work by and was in the, do, bringing the sacrifices and the same thing also the Asali Migdash making for Hashem a dwelling place into the world so this light is infinite and there's no there's, there, there's no there, it's not it's not possible to have any contraction there so that we also have in the times of Gullus so what Deborah's saying beautifully saying is like this there's two levels of the light there's the natural light in the times of base of Migdash unfortunately we don't have that but guess what? That only reaches, that's a level. It reaches Yisoyed and Moichin. But on the other hand, by doing the Avoid in the times of Eisim Megdash, we reach above Ishtalshlos. Through the Avoid then of doing the Kabbalahs. So that part we do have today. When you learn Torah today and you do Mitzvahs, we're able to draw in the light which is above nature into this world. So then you can ask a simple question. So why don't we see it? We all learn Torah, we do mitzvahs, and we're saying that we're, when we learn Torah, we're doing mitzvahs, we're drawing in the light. How come we don't see it? And that's a, a beautiful question. And the answer is, the question is beautiful because when your question is, how come you don't see it? But we're all agreeing it's here. So the Rebbe says, yes, absolutely, the light is here. When you learn Torah and you do mitzvahs, in Golas, you're drawing in the infinite light above Ishtalsus in the world. But unfortunately, because we're in Golas, the light we don't see. We don't see it, but it's here. And this is beautiful. Because what the Rebbe is saying is that when we learn Torah, when we do mitzvahs, we're drawing in the infinite light and real kind of Sarabashmos in the world. I, you don't see it? Because Gullus, we don't see it. But it's here. Open up your eyes. Take off the veil. We'll see it. But it's 100% there. Powerful. So he continues on the Chassidic Discourse to say, the Rebbe Shab says like this. There's another insight in the Zoya. On the verse of Melech Lasada Nevad, till now we explained it that when you do the work in the Sada, in this world, learning Tariq Mitzvahs, you're bringing in Kesar, the highest level. So he, that's on the upside. But we know there's always two Jews, three opinions. So the downside, they have a, another, another translation the Zayar says. Kabbalah says this. Melech Lasada Nevad is actually, unfortunately, talking about a negative interpretation. And what does that mean? Because Sada, the way we, tanched, the way we translate till now, one extreme is Garden of Eden. On the other hand, there's another translation of Sada, unfortunately, of, of the, the field of Lumaza, a place where it's not necessarily a holy place, or it's not a holy place. Like the, like the Torah says, but Sada Matzad, the person was found in the field, a place where, you know, not, not good things happened. So on the other hand, the, the Sada is referring to Garden of Eden, that's on the positive side. On the other hand, it's a negative, it's a place where, it's, you know, terrible things could happen there. And Melech Lesad the Nebuchadnezzar means that unfortunately Malchus, Melech, Malchus of Kedusha is unfortunately a slave, Nebad, got stuck in the field with Klipot, Sikrachra, and not in a good place. In other words. That's another insight. Melech Lesad the And and never explains it like this. So after we just were on a huge high, right? We were on a huge high. 
What did we just learn till now? Melech l'sada neva. Then we learn Torah, we do mitzvahs, you bring in above a shlafshlos, it's here, we just don't see it. And then guess what the Zoya says? Another insight. Melech l'sada neva, unfortunately, you can get lost. Malchus can get lost in Lumazah. Trevor says, the fact that he brings this insight in Melech l'sada neva, which is a downgrade translation, after we have this beautiful, powerful teaching of Melech Nasad and Nebat, that literally we learn tournaments as we bring down the highest level down to this world. So the reason is, the reason why we have the teaching of Melech Nasad and Nebat on the negative side is so that the first insight of Melech Nasad and Nebat, which was a positive one, that we're bringing in Kesser, it should be on even a higher level. So he's bringing it. He's bringing a negative to to to, to show you that Malachim, the first one could even be higher. What we had till now, we can even go higher with that. And Rebbe's going to explain his problems. <clears throat> Another one says this. Normally speaking, you learn Torah, you do mitzvahs, you bring in the light. But what do you just learn? You have a downgrade. What's the downgrade? Malachim said, Malachim's got stuck. But what are we saying? There is a reason why he's bringing it to show you that after you get stuck, it could be even a higher level. And he explains like this. What's the upgrade? The, the upgrade, the Eloi, the upgrade that, that gets added by drawing down Kesser after the Yerida. Means after the Yerida of Melech and will be translated in a negative way that gets stuck down here, compared to the way he would draw down before there was a Yerida. Before there was a downgrade, it's off the charts much greater. Up to the point that when you draw down Kesser above the Shalshalos after the, the downgrade, you're drawing down. So compared to that, the one that we had before, which was huge, you're bringing above the Shalshalos, that's considered his Shalshalos. That's considered a level. In other words, what I'm saying beautifully, and he's saying this. Until now we learned, you learn Torah, you do mitzvahs, you're bringing in from above a into the world. Huge. We just don't see it. Okay. Now you say, no, there's an insight that it's actually a downgrade. So why is he saying that? To teach you that what happened, because there's times we have a downgrade, we fall. But when we get up after we fall and we learn Torah, we do mitzvahs after the fall, it's way higher than originally learning a Torah that you bring in above a up to the point that after the downgrade and you have the upgrade the one that you had before that's that's like a that's regular stuff and there it says he brings uh, the, um, uh, what it says in Chazal where it says Allah Aryeh Aryeh went up the Mazel Aryeh in the Mazel of Aryeh the Hikr is a real and he destroyed a real what is that referring to I don't know, let me finish the point and so he says what's the purpose that Ari went up in the Mazel of Arya in the short Ariel, so that Arya should go up in the Mazel of Arya, do the same thing, but the point is to be Yivn Ariel and he'll rebuild it. What, what, is, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? So we're explaining this. Yahweh Arya, who's Arya? What is Arya referring to? It's referring to Hashem. Like the verse says, Arya Sharag Midlayara. So referring to Hashem is going up. What does it mean Hashem is going up? It's referring to the revelation of Kesser, which is above Ishtalshlos. In other words, so in order that Aryeh, Kesser above Ishtalshlos, to come out, you have to have all Aryeh and go and destroy it. So even though you had it before, why do you have to go destroy it? Because, in, because, because to bring all Aryeh, the higher level, after destruction, so the first, when you had it before, to, compared to afterwards, you can't compare it. And it's, it's goes in the category of Seder Shalshas. Remember saying, you see the same thing also in the destruction of the temple. We had the temple. Life is great. Sacrifice. It's amazing. God's coming down to the world. Huge. Huge. But what happens when, when you have the destruction, a real destruction, then afterwards it gets re- rebuilt. So what does it say? Allah Aryeh. That means you're bringing in a much higher level than before, and therefore the, the original status quo level, which was huge, becomes like a, a basic level. It's connected to Shtalshlos. What does that mean practically? Never says like this. Never going to explain it. What does it mean practically? He says like this. We know that the spiritual service of a tzaddik, of a righteous person, 
even by drawing in through the avoid of learning Torah and mitzvah. So a person, let's say, was brought up in the box. Tzaddik. He never knew anything other than learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. Avoid of a tzaddik. And yeah, he's learning and he's praying and he's doing mitzvahs. In Kabbalah, it's called Ur Yashar. A straight light. What does mean a straight light? It comes from my Lamata. You learn Torah, you do mitzvahs, you bring light into the world. In other words, there's, revel- there's light that's being shined into the world. Has it happened through the spiritual work of a tzaddik? But how's it happening? So it's called, in Kabbalah, it's called Milmaila. You look, come in, you learn Torah, you do mitzvahs, you have no distractions, you have no challenges, life is great. That's wonderful. It's called Ur Yasha. It's a light from above. But on the other hand, when you bring in the light from above, you're not elevating the world. We're here for Dear B'dachtoyinu, we have to elevate the world. But in order to refine and elevate the physical world, that happens through a different avoid, not the avoid of a tzaddik, the avoid of a baltshuva. So the, the, the tzaddik's power is Ur Yasha, he brings light into the world. The baltshuva's power is that he elevates the world, he transforms the world. So based on this, Rebbe explains beautifully, drawing in Kesser, Melechilah, the higher Melech, before he went into exile, compared <clears throat> to after we went into exile on, 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 we went into exile on all, on all levels so when you compare it to before it's compared to it's compared to like say the Rishtalashlas it's, 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 it's a level why? because the true quality of above Rishtalashlas is that there is no difference between higher and lower. What, is, what does above Ishtalashlis mean? If it's higher and lower, that's Ishtalashlis. It's different levels. But the true above it, I mean, there's no levels there. Now, generally speaking, the spiritual work in the times of the base of Mikdash, the light was on, the base of Mikdash was shining, we we're having miracles left, right, and center. That goes into the category of the work of a tzaddik, or yashar, bringing light into the world. Now, the light that was brought in in the times of the base of Mikdash, it's Mamayla, it's above. You're bringing in, you're learning Torah, you're doing mitzvahs, there's no, there's no world, there's no distractions. So even after you're drawing it in, but there is a difference between higher and lower. So therefore, it's also part of a shalshlis. There's higher and lower, you're bringing in light. So you, you're not, you didn't really bring in the infinite light. And true, yes. In the levels of Ishtashos, one level on top of the other, when a person learns Torah and does mitzvah, you're bringing in the Arab legal. Yes, you're bringing in the infinite light, which is all over the same place. But, and that's why the light that comes in in the base of Migdash through learning Torah and doing mitzvah is also we have it today in, in Gulf, like we learned before. But nevertheless, this light that comes in, it's all over the same. In Kabbalah, it's called Arian Saif. So in order for the world should feel the light, so the, the world has to have a, some kind of connection to light, otherwise it's not going to feel it. But nevertheless, since in the time of Gullus, there's, there's a downgrade in the world. So therefore, even though we're learning Torah, we're doing mitzvahs now in Gullus, we're not going to see it, because the, 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 world, the world is dark. But on the other hand, when a person in the times of Gullus Times of exile, exile is generally called the avoid of tshuva, real tshuva. It's, you know, it's, it's 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 from within. It's 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 from it's real. So over there, you're drawing in a light which is there's no difference between a higher and lower. That's true above say the rishalshlos, and by doing that, you're actually transforming the world. What Rebbe's saying is like this. Let me explain. <clears throat> You have a powerful light that comes into the world. But it's coming in, Ur Yashar, Tzadik, learning Torah, doing mitzvahs. It's amazing. Now, by doing that, yeah, you're, you're bringing a lot of light into the world. But you're not transforming the world. On the other hand, and, and therefore, what, do you, what type of light are you bringing in? So even though it's a powerful light that brings in Lamayla Mishtash, but it has a connection to the world, because it's still a world. However, when a person does tshuva, you're reaching the place of above the and you're bringing in a light 
which is it's not connected to higher and lower, and so it's a much deeper light. Deep stuff. Now I'm just going to take it even a step deeper, and he feels like this. He's going to explain it a de- deeper based on what's explained somewhere else. That the revelation that comes into the world through the spiritual work of a tzaddik. So let's look initially when Hashem created the world. Why did Hashem create the world? The reason why Hashem created the world, so that tzaddikim, righteous people, and by the way, there were quotes, be amechulam tzaddikim, old righteous people. When Hashem originally created the world, his plan was tzaddikim, the whole Jewish people, through doing our spiritual work, learning Torah, doing mitzvahs, we're going to bring light into the world. Like the expression is, but me nimlach Hashem was really planning in the world. He was he was thinking, what was the purpose? He was planning that the people are going to come, learn Torah, new mitzvahs, bring light into the world. Now, since the revelation that comes in the world through the avoid of tzaddikim, and even the infinite light, like we said before, above shalshlus, and also the level that's, that that the deeper where you're getting from through Torah mitzvahs, you bring in the highest level. That you bring in a light that didn't exist before the Simpson. So it's not really a brand new idea. And that's the plan. The original plan was Hashem created the world, there was a plan. They should create a world, it's a dark world, where nevertheless people are going to go ahead, still learn Torah and do mitzvahs and bring in a light above Ashtalshlus. It's huge. But that was part of the plan. You didn't re- we didn't revolutionize something new. However, when a person goes ahead, God forbid, and sins, and then he repents, person sinned. He, he rebelled against Hashem. Which is not what Hashem wanted. Hashem made us. We should be Yashar. We should do what Hashem wants. We should learn Torah, do mitzvahs, and, and, and follow in His commandments. So we, we went off the path. And then we go ahead and do tshuva. So now there's a new idea. Because the intent was, Hashem created the world we should behave. When we misbehave, and then we go ahead and behave, now we're creating something new. So where do we have the power? The plan was we should learn Torah, do mitzvahs, do what we're supposed to. We veer off, we don't do what we're supposed to. Then we go do tshuva. Now we're bringing in powerful light above ourselves. So where do we have the power to create this new idea? It could be a total rebellion. Certain areas like to rebel. And you go ahead and repent, whether it's a total repentance or specific repentance. Where do we have the power to do it? We're creating new, new energy that never existed. It wasn't in the plan. And Rebbe explains beautifully. Because the source of our souls is where? In Atmos, in the essence of Hashem. And the essence of Hashem is higher than the place of B'min Nimlach. Hashem had a plan. Okay, He's going to create the world. And there's going to be uh, Tzadikim are going to bring light into the world. That's on a lower level. But the essence of Hashem is above that. Or the thought Hashem had. But the essence of Hashem is above that. The, soul, the source of the souls is in the essence of Hashem. Now, even though the part of Hashem was nimlach is higher than all revelations, even the revelation of Hashem wants to do kindness, because the fact that he was thinking, should he do kindness or not? But the fact is, even though where he was thinking, he could have, he couldn't have done it, but it still connects it to revelations. Should he reveal? Shouldn't he reveal? But the source of souls in the essence of Hashem, and that's the power of tshuva, the power of tshuva is we're sourced in the essence of Hashem and because we're sourced in the essence of Hashem we have the power to do tshuva and create something new and this Rebbe explains beautifully this is going to be the completion of the world when Mashiach comes like we know it says in the prophets this is the offspring of parrots now toldos can be spelled with above and without above so if it's without above it's called a chaser it's lacking and it's with above it's full so it says in the prophets, but Mashiach comes, Ela toilless parrots, and toilless is full. In other words, because it's going to be complete. And on the other hand, we know when Hashem created the heaven and the earth, it says, Ela toilless is This is the offspring of the heaven and the earth, and it also says toilless full. But nevertheless, the, the, the fullness of Mashiach comes is greater than the fullness of when Hashem created the world complete. Hashem created the world complete. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be complete. But you can't compare the completion of creating the world and the completion of Mashiach comes. Why? Because the completion of the world where Hashem created, even of the intent of Hashem of the creation of the world, of Minim Lach, it was limited. It was finite. But the ultimate completion, when Mashiach comes, that's going to come through tshuva, through repentance. 
And because all the revelations, and when Mashiach comes, the great revelations is going to come through our work now of tshuva. So we can learn Torah Dumas, it's amazing. But when we start doing real tshuva, when we turn to Hashem, we, we, we work on ourselves, we transform ourselves, that's going to give us the greatest revelation when Mashiach comes. And that's going to give us revelations above limits, above boundaries. The Eilat Torahs of Peretz, of, of Mashiach comes, the completion of Mashiach comes. And what's interesting is that when it says Mashiach, Eilat Torahs Peretz. So Peretz, why is he called Peretz? Peretz comes from the word that he was able to break through all the boundaries. And as he breaks through all the limits, there's no limits. The energy of Peretz is, it breaks through all limits. It breaks through boundaries. There's nothing that's holding it back. Up to the point of any limits and any constraints, of the, even of the intention of creation, on the level that Hashem had a plan. In other words, you can have literally, Shemayim Chadash, it says, new heavens, a new earth, etc., so what do you see from here clearly? That the power of tshuva is that it creates something totally new that didn't exist before. A whole different level. So based on this, Nader is going to explain the different levels of the completion of the moon like we, like we, like we, like we, like we asked in the first, in the first uh, chapter. And it was like this. You have the completion and the fullness of the moon which happens every month. Every month, the 15th, the moon is complete. How is it complete? Why is it complete? That's the nature Hashem made in the world. There's nothing to do with us. The 15th, every single month, the completion has to do Hashem made it complete. And that's called, say the Rishthalashim, so Hashem made it. There's nothing, no, no, nothing to do with us, or our effort. Now, the fact that on the 15th of the month, the, the moon is complete, besides the top part, where it's complete most of the month, but also in the bottom, the bottom of the month, the of the month that has to do with the 15th of the month. <clears throat> that the half, the bottom and the top is the same thing. Which, in other words, even though it's complete, there's a bottom, there's a top, and the bottom and top are the same thing. So it goes in the category of Seder Ishtalsh. That's, that's level number one, the 15th every single month. Completion from a level of Ishtalshlos. What's the completion of unique of the 15th of the month of Nisa and the month, the month of Tishrei? Because that has to do with our spiritual work. And when we, the month of Tishrei, we do Tshuva on Yom Kippur. And the month of Easter, when we went out of Egypt, we, 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 did, we did Tshuva, we converted to Hashem, so to speak. That is referring to drawing down um, of, of, of Ishtalshlos, above Ishtalshlos. And therefore, in the 15th of Nisan, the 15th of Tishrei, it's a holiday. What, why is it a holiday? Because you're drawing in above Ishtalshlos. Again, so the first level is the 15th of the month. It's regular nature, Ishtalshlos. Nisan and, and Yom Kippur, that's above Ishtalshlos. But the ultimate, the real completion, which takes place on the 15th of the month, that's connected with, with a deeper tshuva, which comes, a tshuva comes after the downgrade of Tishavav. And it was this that the, 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 the moon is, the sun is shining in the moon, and it's complete, even in the lower part, not because you're dealing with an infinite light that's shining on the top and the bottom, but it's actually... It, the reason why it's shining is because Malchus itself got elevated. And like he explains that what happens on the 15th of the month, what happens that Malchus itself is shining because in Malchus what's shining is the source of Malchus, which is Kesser, and something not the two there's two parts of Kesser, Aptic and Arch, the higher part of Kesser, Aptic is shining into Malchus. Um <clears throat> Which whatever explains this is the idea of the revelation of the source of Malchus in itself. The source of Malchus is shining in Malchus, and this is also the connection between Tishabab and the fifteenth day of Mandabab and Yom Kippur. Why? Because on Yom Kippur also Malchus gets elevated to the to premius optic, like it's explained in the Hasidic discourse. Now, so what we have over here is explaining three things. You have the fifteenth of every month, which is completion from Seder Ishtalshlos. Then you have the 15th of what? Of, 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 of uh, Nisan, which is Pesach, and Tishrei, which is Sukkot, which is above Ishtalsus. But again, again, there is, there is levels. But it, never, but it unites it. On Tubov, it's above Ishtalsus, but not where it's two levels. It's literally connected idea of Kesser acting in, in, in the highest level of Kesser. Now, so basically, the Shabbat explains as follows. Now we'll see why the 15th of Av is even higher than Yom Kippur. Why? One second, Yom Kippur is also a day of tshuva. 
What did we learn? What is Tubav? It comes after the downgrade of Tishra B'Av when we're doing Tshuva. We have Kippur, we're also doing Tshuva. But Rebbe says, it's a brilliant idea. Rebbe says like this. What's the whole idea of Yom Kippur? The Torah said that if a person sins, a person should do tshuva. So in other words, Yom Kippur is part of the plan. And it's a plan that every single year, the Torah says, yeah, well, you, you sin throughout the year, unfortunately. So Yom Kippur, you go and you do tshuva. So Torah established that Yom Kippur should be a day of atonement. So is sinning part of the plan of creation? 100%. Is atonement of Yom Kippur part of the plan of creation? 100%. Because if it wasn't, why is it in the Torah? So God knows we're going to sin, and God gives us room to repent. Now, since it was established in the Torah, like we know you look in the Torah, that's how you create the world. What was established in the Torah? A day of atonement on things that we did wrong. And look, you know that the place where someone that returns stands, even a righteous person can't stand there. But <clears throat> that's part of the intent of creation. And the, and the way original Hashem's plan was, even on the level that he, he planned to have righteous people, but he also know people are human, we're going to make mistakes. And even though the intent was we should be, we should be righteous, but nevertheless, it's part of the plan, we're going to botch up. And we're going to repent. So Yom Kippur, yes, it is atonement. But it was part of the plan. However, the downgrade of Tisha B'Av, the destruction of the temple, the Jewish people going into Israel, this was not part of the plan, that we should have such a loss, we should lose the temple, we should be in exile. And like it says clearly in the Megillah of Eicha. So what does it say in Eicha? Eicha, how? Right? The question, how? How did this happen? Because even from the idea that, yeah, we're going to sin and we're going to repent, etc., there's no reason for such a degrade. We shouldn't have the temple. We should lose two temples. We should be in exile for so long. Now, the fact is, this, the, the, but the fact that we look, in reality, there was a downgrade. Yes, there was a downgrade, so that we should have a much greater upgrade afterwards. Like I said, so that we should have a much, much greater upgrade afterwards. So where does that come from? That comes from the from the in the true intent of the essence of Hashem. That through the fact that we do our work, there'll be a whole new idea in creation, new heaven, new earth, and therefore the holiday of of of, of, of the fifteenth of Av is higher Yom Kippur. So Jeremiah saying beautifully, he's saying it's like this: Yom Kippur, it was planned planned that we should sin, and we yeah, we repent. So it's huge that we're repenting. It's amazing. But Tishabov, the downgrade of losing the two temples, and the fact that we're in exile, that was never in the plan. And unfortunately it happened. And we were able to come up, we have the holiday too, we're celebrating back. That's beautiful. That's huge. That's why Tish Tubov is great in Yom Kippur. But obviously, it does exist somewhere subconsciously in the essence of Hashem. Otherwise it wouldn't have happened. And based on this, it explains beautifully why the, um, the end of the tractate of Tainus which is all about fasting, speaks about the holiday of, 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 of Tubov. Why? Because this explains the reason for all the fasting. In other words, the reason why there are terrible things that happen that we have to fast for, up to the point, the terrible things that happen when, on the 17th of Tammuz and in Tishabov, is so that after the downgrade, you have the holiday, the huge holiday of the 15th day of the month of Av, and we know what's the holiday. It's called Yom Simchas Liboy. It's a day of the rejoicing of Hashem's heart, which is referring to building of the base of Mingdash, which is going to happen, God willing, very, very soon. And Rebbe finished opening something like this. It should be the will of Hashem by us doing our actions and our spiritual work and not to be swayed or distracted from any tests. Even tests that you can, that, that, um, uh, <clears throat> That you, that you have no reason, no logic to explain it. And even do with all the beautiful reasons for all the tests. But the fact is, we, we're, not, we're, we're not swayed, and we're not distracted from any of the tests, but we still continue doing what we're, spo- we're supposed to. We're going to bring clothes, and we're going to usher in 
even more so and even quickly the all the the uh, the future redemption which is going to happen through the righteous mashiach that he's going to come and he's going to wage the wars of hashem and he's going to be successful and there was something very beautiful and powerful most of the wars there's no reason logically for the wars and even the people that are fighting the wars there's no logic to it and that's why you see the wars are with such power because there's no logic to it if there's a strategy, so there's a strategy to it, but most of most of it is not strategic. It's just willpowers. But nevertheless, Mashiach is going to be successful over all the wars. And he's going to build a base for Mikdash. And he's going to gather in all the Jewish people. And he's going to and he's going to gather in all the sparks of holiness. And literally all the Jews that are wandering and, and floundering all over the world, he's going to gather them all in. Kibbutz Goliath, everyone's going to be gathered in. It's going to happen very, very soon, Rebbe says. With the redemption, the true redemption, the complete redemption, which is going to happen through Mashiach Tetkenu. Obviously a beautiful, beautiful, powerful class on the holiday of Tubov. The tremendous power of Tubov. And as you can see, we have the power of Tubov to connect literally to the infinite of Hashem. And simple, learning Torah, doing mitzvahs will bring in the greatest power. And especially after a struggle, especially after a challenge, you connect and you reconnect. We can bring in the greatest light. And our Gerber finishes off, we'll bring in the greatest light. We'll all merit to the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.